0: I'm Monica Olson and I'm Jennifer Walsh and you're listening to the biophilic solutions podcast where every other week we sit down with experts and thought leaders across industries in order to explore the innate connection between humans and nature and why we need nature to thrive.
1: We truly believe that in order to tackle the global environmental problems we're facing, we as humans must reconnect to the natural world and come to a better understanding of how we fit in and how we are so interconnected. So in every episode, we'll interview new guests that help us uncover and highlight nature-based solutions to get us on a path to greater health, tackling climate change, and ultimately getting outside and
0: connecting with nature. So let's get to today's episode. Hey, Monica. Hey, Jennifer. Tell us about our guest today. We are speaking with Jared
1: Hanley, who is the CEO and founder of NatureQuant, a technology and research company that provides tools to quantify exposure to nature. Jared founded the company alongside Christopher Minson, a professor of physiology at the University of Oregon, and Christopher Bailey, a software developer. Nature Quants applications include Nature Score, which measures the amount of nature in a particular location. For the record, my location is Manhattan, which has a Nature Score of 6.
0: Not so great. Ah, uh, well my house in Serenby has a Nature Score of 98, not to brag. Okay. That's okay, you should totally <laughs> brag. Then there's also
1: the Nature Dose app, which is more personalized tracker that helps you monitor the time you spend
0: outdoors as part of a holistic approach to health and wellness. We had a really fascinating conversation with Jared about incredible applications of this technology, not only from a health and wellness perspective, but also from the lens of real estate, business, and environmental justice. And on that note, it may not surprise you to know that we connected with Jared through Tim Beatley, who runs the Biophilic Cities Network, and who we interviewed back in season one about ethical cities. We also asked Jared if it's possible to really quantify nature. All right, let's get to our interview with Jared Hanley of NatureQuant. Jared, thank you so much for being with us today. I would love to kick off the conversation with you telling us a little bit about your background. I'm fascinated because it sounds like you've been an endurance. We both are. I know. (laughs) But now you're like a developer of this amazing new product called Nature Quant. But I would love to hear about your background and how you came to this point in your life.
2: Well, first of all, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I guess I can provide a little bit of background personally, but also just kind of my professional career. So I guess on the personal side, I mean, I've just been a lifelong outdoor enthusiast. Never since I was a kid, my idea of a great time is just rambling around in the woods. <laughs> and as I got older, that kind of turned into more sophisticated adventures and even into, a, I would call it a semi-professional career as a expedition adventure racer, which is... I was
1: brilliant. hoping you were going to tap into that because I've been very <laughs> interested to hear about that part. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Adventure racing is a pretty niche sport, but essentially you think about it like a backpacking trip on steroids. You're really racing (laughs) in the wilderness on bikes, in boats, on foot, often over hundreds and hundreds of miles for up to 10 days at a time. Wow. So it's nature exposure to the extreme, which is what I love. But professionally, largely for most of my careers, revolved around finance, but also technology. So I've done a lot of statistical modeling and using machine learning and regression analysis and those types of things as if they apply it to the world of finance or real estate or energy. Mm-hmm. But I built up that skill set and really felt like I needed to apply it to my passion, which is the outdoors and nature broadly. And so a couple of years ago, I was stewing on this idea of like, how do we quantify nature so that we can apply all of these modern technologies in terms of bringing intelligence to complex systems, to nature. Mm-hmm. Nature needed the numbers, what I felt. Mm-hmm. And I happened to, funny enough, on a ski trip, you know, multi-day ski trip, I was on with a, a couple of friends of mine, one who is a technologist, Chris Bailey, and one who is a professor of human physiology, and really one of the, I'd say, the world's experts on how our environment impacts our physiology and our psychology. So, we had me as this data science guy. We had a doctor and a technologist that could make it all happen. Hmm. And that was really the start of Nature Quad. Nice.
0: Hmm. I was fascinated by the origin story <laughs> as a person who does marketing for a living, like having a great, a real story, right? You didn't have mm-hmm. to package anything, you didn't have to make it up. Will you tell us about that moment? Because did the three of you guys know each other before you came together on that mountaintop? Or was that sort of um, a. Yeah, yes.
2: We knew each other. Okay. Not like really well, but we had kind of crossed paths through outdoor pursuits largely, not at all professionally. Mm-hmm. But we were on this multi-day backcountry skiing trip and you spend hours a day trudging along, <laughs> sitting in sure. these little cabins with no internet, right? So yep. you have yeah. plenty of time to discuss these topics at length. And one of the topics was power of numbers, really how mm-hmm. Bitcoin, which is just a concept, it's not even a tangible thing, has such tremendous influence on our society.
1: Mm-hmm
2: nature didn't have that it didn't have a number we weren't mm-hmm. measuring it cuz we couldn't monitor it it didn't have that focus mm-hmm. and so we were brainstorming on all ways to do that a and b we just felt great you know when you're outside you generally feel good yes we had these clear head our bodies we were getting exercise sunlight social activity all these like awesome ingredients and we're like how do we just combine these things a bring appreciation for nature but also these great co benefits of being outside to the public, get people thinking about this, utilizing this as a health tool. And that's really what spurred the company.
1: I love that because you're right. So many things, because we are such believers in nature. And of course, like what's happening to our bodies. But like you just said, we've got to quantify in some way and there's got to be research. Everyone loves, okay, this is good, but we need the research to prove why, even though we know innately within us. It's good for us and we need it. But the research really helps us and steer the conversation to bigger things and how it really then helps us. And Monica and I have been going down the tangent of like checking out your website and, of course, putting our scores in everywhere and everywhere we like to go and thinking, wow, how nature rich are our spaces? So, how did you yeah. map this? How long did this map come to be? I'm fascinated by how you created this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, so the map is evolving all the time. But really, what's happened, I would say, We have satellite data back to 2018 that's pretty high resolution. So basically, kind of in the last decade, we have the ability to see what's on the ground with a high level of accuracy. And we also have computer vision models that can interpret what that is at scale. And Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that's that's new, the ability to understand where are all the building footprints? Where are all the trees? Where are the bodies of water? Mm -hmm. We're utilizing all that data, aggregating that with other existing data sets just general GIS data sets about where are the park polygons, what are the land classifications, is this farmland, is this forest into a master like Google map of natural elements, if you will. And so we are creating some proprietary stuff. But another thing we're doing is really aggregating all of these other elements into mm-hmm. this master data set. And once you have that, you can then start understanding, OK, how are all these natural elements influencing parts of our world and our health? right? How is it influencing urban heat islands? How is it influencing real estate value? How is it correlating with cancer rates, right? Mm -hmm. Or obesity levels, all of these things, once you have the data, you can start pulling out that intelligence. And so that's how we're using our data. Now, largely, we're focused on health. But I mean, all of these other opportunities have popped up that are really fascinating.
0: as well. -hmm. Well, and I think it's interesting that you're aggregating the data because Jennifer, especially, but both of us, and I know you guys are as well, are so familiar with all of the research that's been done, but that's taking cohorts and looking at how they're affected based on many, many different things. And like, we've interviewed Florence Williams, who I don't know if you know, who's amazing, who's done a ton of work, but this sounds like you're really aggregating the data and really everywhere. And you'll be able to then overlay, like you were saying, cancer rates, or I think asthma is an interesting one, trees, right? We know that people who live near more trees, have better health outcomes, right? And we can kind of go down that path. But this is really, I'm guessing, doing it on a much larger level than any of the research studies have. Is that correct?
2: Well, yeah. Historically, they've looked at a single element, Mm -hmm. right? So they'll look at what's the distance between your place of residence and the nearest park? Mm -hmm. Or what is the percent tree canopy around your house? Mm -hmm. Or there's these measurements of green, these vegetation indices that you can get via satellite infrared measurements. But no one has ever looked at a complexity of nature, which is, I mean, it's even hard to define. like, what is nature mm-hmm. is a very kind of nebulous term. Mm-hmm. And because of that complexity, I think anytime you're trying to isolate for one element, you may be getting some indication, but you're not really understanding the confluence of all of these factors. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I mean, a problem in, <laughs> in all of like behavioral scientists and all of these epidemiological studies, they're always going to have a caveat. that There's just so many covariates, confounding factors, you never know exactly mm-hmm. what's happening. But with our machine learning process, we can create algorithms that are the most predictive Hmm. of outcomes based on natural elements. We can optimize it repeatedly. That's Hmm. one thing as a data scientist that really excites me. And the other thing I want to mention is we have built this map, which allows for these kinds of studies. But the next phase of really insight is not just knowing what is near where you live or in your city, but how are people interacting with it? And mm-hmm. so because of that, we're building a, a mobile app called Nature Ghost, which mm-hmm. was just released. And what that app does is it monitors your time inside. And then when you go outside, what kind of environment are you in? Are you around trees when you go outside? Are you next to a body of water? Or are you actually in a park or a wilderness area? Because it may be great to know what is around you. But if you never leave your house, if you're inside in front yeah. of a screen all day, you're not getting the right kind of insight mm-hmm. around the connections between that park down the street and interaction with it.
1: I think that's such a great point too, because what you just said is the fact that we're inside so much. And so when I started doing your website, like going on and checking out my score, because it's like, I'm a six in New York city, yet yeah, I yeah. spend so much time in central park and the East river. So is my score still going to be six if I'm spending like two hours a day walking in central park or yeah, so yeah. that, so I would change as an individual versus a place or how does that exactly work?
2: There's a new lexicon that we're trying to create. And since it's new, people often get confused. So <laughs> Maybe give me a second to try and clarify it. We have really two things. The first is a nature score. Mm-hmm. And that's the six, right? That's a static number okay. for essentially what that is, is a one kilometer analysis around a location. So in this case, your house or wherever okay. you're living. Now you're in a city and cities are going to just have low scores because we're comparing that to like a forest. Really, you're going to see
0: Like
1: b. Yeah.
0: Basically, <laughs> of a I'm ninety-eight. A, I was a ninety-eight point five. Yeah, so rub it in, Monica. Ahead. Rub it in. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> come, come, hang out with me. I know, I know.
2: <laughs> Those scores are for a location, right? And they are okay. basically fixed. Okay, that's nature score. Now, what really I think is more insightful for an individual is your nature dose, dose. and that's what okay. you receive via the app. And the nature dose is a measurement of your time spent outside in proximity to natural elements. So for example, if you go to Central Park a few times a week, you're going to start accumulating nature dose credits and Mm -hmm. meet your goal of 120 minutes a week or whatever your target nature prescription is. And so even if you live in an area with a low nature score, you can still get plenty of nature exposure if you're active and outside.
1: Got it. That makes a lot more sense to me. And that that's, again,
2: one of the failings of most of the research to date is we just know what's around where people live. We don't know how they're behaving. Mm-hmm. And I think what's super exciting about Nature Dose, the mobile app, is we will be able to now know, OK, this person is actually getting outdoors. They're getting off the screen. They're in the sunlight. They're meeting their neighbors. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they may not live in a nature-rich area, but look at how often they're going to the parks. So that's why we see these positive health outcomes rather than just saying, what do they live here? So it's just a whole new level of intelligence around the impacts of nature exposure.
0: So how does it know that I'm in my house versus like I'm walking down the yeah. sidewalk? I'm fascinated. Yeah.
2: Well, if you guys want to geek out, I can, I can give you a little bit of background. Yeah. 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 Yes, it's, please. Yeah. Yeah. So please. It's not perfect, but we have built an ontology system, which is basically we monitor many, many different indicators or sensors so your phone has an accelerometer. So we know how, when you're walking, it oscillates up and down. That's how it tells you your step count. Mm-hmm. Right? We know the speed you're moving. So we know if you're going 50 miles an hour, you're probably in a car, right? You're not on a bike. You're walking. Mm-hmm. We also know the signal strength, the satellites. So when you're outside, you don't have a roof over you. Your phone can get oh, more signals and catch got more it. satellites Interesting. than inside. Didn't we think about also that. know all the building footprints in the US, you know, I mentioned this computer vision process. So we now from satellite can look down at a location and map out, okay, we see where the buildings are, we see where impervious surfaces are, and can it get an approximation for where you are? Are you inside or outside? And there's other little things like if we know the elevation of where you are and the elevation of the earth, and you happen to be much higher than the earth, you're probably on the fourth floor, right? So mm-hmm. there's, many, many sensors and things we can pull in to give us our best guess as to whether you're inside or outside. Wow! And it's not perfect, but as we continue yeah. to refine our process and use machine learning again, <laughs> to optimize what are these mm-hmm. sensors telling us about this individual, we're going to get better and better at it.
0: Okay. I'm super excited. So I downloaded the app yesterday, but I haven't done anything with it because I didn't want a bad score because I'm <laughs> I'm I'm inside, so I want to play with them. Isn't that the worst? I'm like already gaming my score that doesn't exist. Um, I'm going to use it this weekend, but I'm so excited to use it. So we heard about you through Tim Beatley out of UVA, who, for our listeners, created and runs Biophilic Cities, but he's a professor in Virginia. And he's on our board of the Biophilic Institute. He's amazing. And we absolutely like crush him. on him. We love yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, me too. And so he has taught us so much about biophilia and being outdoors. But when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, no, like a device, the screen. But then you have to step back or I had to step back and realize like, I have an aura ring on me. Mm -hmm. I I use Strava for running. Mm -hmm. We're completely tracking ourselves already. Like if you have a phone, you're being tracked. But my first instinct was like, oh no, we have to quantify this. But then Mm -hmm. as I sort of thought about it very much in the like, anything is better than nothing. Right. Like if it's a way for us to get people outside and then, and so So I'm super excited to like figure it out. And I have all these, I'm sure you've already out the gate with all these great ideas. And I think you guys are already partnering with Strava, but I would love to know, could it be included in my aura somehow? Because I have no idea how they know that I'm running or walking or housework or swimming. Or if you don't have a tracking ring or Fitbit type of thing, you know, Apple Health, right? Like that's a perfect add-on to Apple Health. So I guess my question to you is, are you guys looking, not only obviously end game, get people outside, but are you looking to do partnerships where you would white label it to say like an Apple Health or have it be a partnership with an Aura or a Strava that it clearly shows your nature... I guess you're, it would be my nature, nature dose, dose is what I'd yeah. be tracking. Okay. Sorry, well, long question. First,
2: yeah. <laughs> first off, let me speak to the uh, kind of the heartburn around another device. And I think we share that. In fact, so many apps out there are part of the attention economy. They're trying to get you to interact with them all the time, focus mm-hmm. on that screen. And we're kind of the anti-app in a way. We don't want you looking at a screen. We want you outside, right? Like <laughs> Just yeah. moving about. And so we've intentionally not created the app with a lot of bells and whistles and constant notifications because we don't want you focused on it. But we do want you to know that it's something that you should think about and measure and optimize. And so there's this whole concept called the Hawthorne effect, which is if you know that something's being measured, you change your behaviors. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, probably heard this idea, like, just write down everything you eat. Doesn't matter what your diet is, just write it down. And that changes your behavior because once Mm -hmm. there's a record of something and you're actually monitoring it, you're like, whoa, okay, I don't want to write down all this other stuff, so I'm not going to eat it. Mm -hmm. So in a way, we just want people to be aware of the importance of time outside exposed to nature. Mm -hmm. We don't need them looking at our app all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe once a week, twice a week, check it. But we're not part of the attention economy. We don't want to suck you in and have you like daily obsessing about this app and this Mm -hmm. looking at that screen. So I like with the that, anti-app. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the anti-app app. Yes, yeah. I do too. It's good. It's really good.
2: <laughs> so to your I'm... second question, we absolutely see Nature Dose as a feature in all these other health and wellness platforms. I have an aura ring on as well. Mm-hmm. And the idea of having Nature Dose is just one of the tiles in there mm-hmm. is, I think, really important. We actually joke that Nature Dose should be the fourth ring on the Apple Watch, right? It should be. This idea, it's not really yes. off Agreed. screens, like anti-screen, but it is another measurement, roughly, that's okay, you are unplugged for a little while. You're mm-hmm. outside, you're unwinding, relaxing, restoring your attention. And beyond that, from a science perspective, being able to layer outdoor time with all these other biomarkers is mm-hmm. incredibly exciting. So we actually do have a couple of clinical trials that are in design right now where people are wearing Fitbits and other wearables. Mm -hmm. And we're going to track their nature time to things like sleep quality, their heart rate, their moods. And we'll know, okay, this person went to a park and look how great they slept or look how happy they are. And I think that kind of data is going to be just phenomenal. I'm really excited to get those underway.
0: Oh, I love that. That, That's that's amazing. That's mind blowing. Where are you guys based right now? Where are you coming to
2: us from? We're headquartered like right off of uh, the University of Oregon campus okay. in Oregon. Mm. We're partly owned by the University of Oregon.
0: Oh, um, got it. Yeah, Good. but we
2: have some employees in, in the Bay Area, some over in Bend, some in Arizona. We're a little spread out.
0: Sure. Bend, that's a pride. love, Bend, Oregon.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's a beautiful part of the country.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So it's kind of changing The only because I try and impart this on a lot of my clients and stuff is about even we are getting us. How do you get outside? How much time you go outside? How I try and lead wellness walks here in New York. But also, if you can't understand what biophilic design is doing for us or what biophilia in our spaces. So like I'm having such beautiful natural light and I get to see this large, expansive window and tree lined streets out my window. Are you able to quantify that as well? Like, what are people's indoor spaces like that will make them healthy, that has nature involved? Are you doing that? Are you considering that for the future?
2: Well, we have talked to several architectural groups and actually even again at the University of Oregon, the the architectural school here about Mm -hmm. how do we bring in our data, which is largely outdoor data into Mm -hmm. design. like. Obviously, having windows with views of nature are incredibly important. And even beyond that, at phase two and three of our app, will incorporate natural elements inside. We actually, if, if you scan your room with your camera, we can tell how many plants are in there oh, and give wow. you a score for your indoor space as well. Now, we don't want, again, our whole concept is get outside. I mean, yeah. that's what we're studying. That's what we really want to promote. But I totally hear you that things like views and mm-hmm. indoor natural elements are critical. There are some ways to remotely monitor or sense a view. You know, basically we can see the topography of the ground. And if we know you're at a high point, we can estimate that you can see a vast distance. Mm-hmm. Now there may be a tree blocking you or a building blocking you. And so we don't know for sure, but we do know that you're at a vantage point that would allow views. The other thing we can do is look at geo like Instagram photos mm. right, that are highly rated and then infer that, okay, this location, people like taking pictures from and tagging it here because it's a nice view or there's some element that's pleasing.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. We can,
2: again, look at computer vision to see if those are photos of natural landscapes and say, okay, here's a, a high quality viewpoint. So when you're near this area, you are getting some kind of biophilic benefit. If
1: mm-hmm. you will.
2: There's a lot of cool stuff like that that, that it could, yeah. could happen. It's not happening right now, but we have a lot of ideas.
0: We'll be right back after a quick break. Jennifer, guess what's coming up and where we get to hang out. What's that, Monica? The Biophilic (laughs) Leadership Summit. It's back this March 24th through 26th. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see you in person again. It's been way too long. I know, me too. And we invite all our listeners to come to this year's summit. We're going to be exploring biophilic placemaking and how we use biophilic principles to promote health, happiness, and vitality in public spaces.
1: Yes, and I was just reading over the schedule, which I'm very excited about. There are so many great speakers and panels. And when you get to join us, I'll be doing a nature walk and moderating a wonderful panel on activating
0: community spaces with two incredible women, an architect and an urban planner. So this summit is put on by the Biophilic Institute and Biophilic Cities Project. So you can also come meet all of the leading experts in biophilia. And in addition to all incredible multiple presentations, we're going to have all sorts of great farm to table meals, plus cocktails, some book signings and lots of networking, which is always a favorite. And it's going to be at your and my favorite place, the Inn at Serebii. Yep. That's one of my favorite places, as you know. So join us in Sarah B for the sixth annual Biophilic Leadership Summit from March twenty fourth to March 26, 2024. And you can learn more about the summer and register today at biophilicsummit.com. That's biophilicsummit.com. We hope to see you there. We'll see you soon. Bye, Jen. Bye.
1: Oh, it makes a lot of sense because I understand that wholeheartedly, especially when I try and teach people about the impact of like, we have to get outside every day. And, but what happens if we can't, and what do we do what are the benefits indoors that we might be able to bring in our home to mimic? Like I have my fake fireplace on my TV right now, you know, <laughs> just so I can see it and hear it. But yeah, it's like those little kind of things to make us feel closer to nature. If we can't, as we record this and then I, then we go outside afterwards.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you'll, You'll love this study we were incorporating. So there's a giant call center in China, literally hundreds and hundreds of people, basically in cubicles on different stories of a building. And on one story, everyone got a nature screensaver. On the mm-hmm. next story, everyone got a like a built environment screensaver. And it turns out the story with the nature screensaver had more productive, happier employees with less sick days. And then they flipped the stories, right? They put the nature mm-hmm. screensavers on the other story in the building. And then the results flipped. So mm-hmm. something as simple as having that screensaver, which is a, a scene of nature, has mm-hmm. a profound influence. And so I wholeheartedly believe that we really need to bring this to the indoors as well. But that's phase two for us.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting world that we live in because you may have heard of Bill Browning, mm-hmm. who's like really one of the top biophilic in design probably in the world at this point, but he's fascinating because he quantifies, I think it's 14 or 15 patterns. He just added awe as one of them. That's
1: the number 15, yeah. Yeah,
0: that are all of the biophilic design patterns. And this is coming off like Stephen Kellert's work, which obviously comes off E.O. Wilson's. But one of the things, again, I understand it, but it is so maybe just a statement of the time and where we are in our world today, that because we have flipped the time we spend, it used to be, you know, we basically came off the Savannah and we used to live outside, but now we're basically living inside. So as we see the trend of biophilia, the hottest or most picked up concept is design and its interiors. And so we obviously think that that's really important, but it is an interesting thing where a green wall, a window, sound of water, we're bringing them inside. And there is a part of me, and granted I'm inside a lot, that Mm -hmm. makes me very sad that this is where we are today. I guess it's maybe more of a statement than a question, but I'm excited because it's raising awareness of the term, even Mm -hmm. if it's about all the interiors, which is fantastic. And what you guys are doing with really trying to get people outside, because the other thing that we've noticed and wholesome wave, I think is probably the leader of it is these food prescriptions, right? Mm -hmm. So they piloted programs in New York and now they're kind of across the country, having your physician write a food, Mm -hmm. basically a veggie prescription, which again, seems crazy, but the same (laughs) thing with nature prescriptions. Like we've been following that, that doctors are prescribing that. And another person in our world, all of our worlds is probably Richard Louv of Mm -hmm. Children in Nature Network and all the work that they are doing to get kids outside or really get any of us outside. But it is wild that this is where we are today. And how do we get people outside? And I would say the silver lining of COVID was that people woke up to nature. Do you feel like the releasing of this now kind of works out in the crosshairs of this societal demand for nature, if that's yeah. that such a thing?
2: I think COVID had two impacts. One is it's just an immense appreciation for outdoor spaces, right? When we couldn't mm-hmm. aggregate inside, mm-hmm. having a park or some other place mm-hmm. where you could get out of your house, you know, socialize with your neighbors was incredibly important. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, unfortunately, I think is the pandemic just really, really accelerated mental distress.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: the Mm -hmm. fact that nature is really one of the best tools to combat Mm -hmm. that also emphasizes the importance of our nature dose technology. In fact, we are working with some therapist groups to build in our nature dose feature into Mm -hmm. these therapist apps. So essentially, as there's a mental health crisis going on, there's not enough therapists and they need Mm -hmm. a scalable way to remotely treat people. Mm -hmm. And it turns out just telling someone to go to the park is one of the most impactful interventions they can have.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's easy, right? It's basically free. <laughs> there's very yeah. few side effects. It can be done remotely. And it's very powerful. I would say that's just an offshoot of COVID-19, but I do think it's, it just emphasizes the importance of, of natural spaces and getting outside. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it feels like it shows like there are so many more promising applications of a tool for nature NatureQuan. Like there's so many things you can go do with it. Are there any like standing out to you right now that you're thinking about?
2: Well, again, we're in a number of clinical trials trying to demonstrate the Mm -hmm. exact impacts of our intervention. And I think our vision is hopefully that it's as impactful as as our early indications are. And Mm -hmm. then most insurance companies or wellness platforms that your employer provides you realize, look, this is better than selling drugs. (laughs) This is cheaper than having (laughs) people go meet our doctors. Let's yeah. just motivate people to get outside. So that, maybe that comes in a discount to your insurance premiums, or maybe your employer gives you a, like a rebate or prizes if you get mm-hmm. outside. We're hoping that once we have the hard data around the economic impact of, of course. getting yeah. people outside, business will follow.
0: Well, well, and that's it, right? It's all about, no pun on the name, quantifying everything. As somebody who is working in real estate, our community is a development, and we found that nobody really understood what we were trying to do like 15 years ago. And they thought Steve and and our founder was just sort of nutso going out into the woods and building um, (laughs) homes. But I believe that by being quantified by the global wellness Institute, which I don't know if you're familiar with, and they just had their big summit yesterday, they really came together and put numbers behind what they then defined as wellness real estate. Mm -hmm. And so for us, that was a huge aha of like, what are we, you know, because people want to call this an agri or we sort of talk about biophilic principles, a conservation community, sustainable, yada, yada, yada. And wellness community then became the closest thing that we could define, but nobody would really believe it or talk to, I don't know, I can't really explain like, but yeah. until that number got put on it mm-hmm. and it, it's yeah. so unfortunate, but back to the point about healthcare, obviously a free App that gets you outside, you know, the pharmaceutical people did not like that. But the healthcare people, same if there's savings, right? Right. So it comes back to quantifying things and putting even financials against it. Jennifer and I were joking, like the green, right, of nature and money coming together is probably what we need to propel the getting outside into a bigger Mm -hmm. way, which is again, a whole nother podcast to talk about finances and why things come together. But I do think it's really exciting from a healthcare because it could be like the next step challenge. Yes.
1: Right? Yeah, I was just going to say too, wait, I don't mean, but I just want to think about what you just said is Richard Louv always told us, I love Richard, We always love it. he said, the more technology we have, the more nature we need. So this is like this balance between like, how do we learn? Like you're teaching education, Jared, it's like we have the education, the tools to quantify and have the data like, oh my gosh, how can I not, how can I not see myself outside every day? So it's those key ingredients that I think the more technology we have, the more nature we need, we have to keep that, that balance going.
2: hmm yeah. yeah. Well, and for me, I guess stepping back even from what we're doing specifically in the healthcare arena, I see this movement away from prescribing drugs or understanding someone's specific ailments that they're suffering today mm-hmm. to a broader understanding of like lifestyle and environmental determinants of health. Mm-hmm. We now have a lot of evidence that really your lifestyle and your environment cause up to 80 to 90% of your health outcomes. Your mm-hmm. DNA and what your doctor's doing actually has very little influence. I mean, it has influence, sure. but yeah. it's, it's actually nowhere near as important as living in a healthy environment and having the appropriate type of lifestyle, meaning mm-hmm. getting outside, being active, sleeping, eating, whatever. And so we feel like bringing in this environmental data to understand very specifically which types of environments are healthy or unhealthy and which types of behaviors are healthy or unhealthy could have a bigger impact than... The pharmaceutical industry, really. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited about bringing technology to just bring intelligence into that arena Mm -hmm. and just change behaviors, change governments, change the way healthcare is is even thought about.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. And again, back to the real estate, it sort of reminds me of a walk score. And so that's, I guess, another application probably for, I don't know how that is that sold, is that picked up, you know, but I think that's an amazing thing as you're looking on Zillow, you could see the house and you've got your walk score, but you could also have your. Wait, I want to make sure I'm getting it right. Your nature score. I, I don't know if I'm sure you guys again have thought about everything, but I just think from a real estate perspective, I think that that would be really compelling. Mm-hmm. Another way. In fact, I should do a social post about our fabulous nature score at San.
2: <laughs> we definitely have looked at that. And actually, that's one of these industries that just kind of fell into our lap. And we've done similar work analyzing natural elements and real estate values as we have with natural elements Uh, and health. uh If you get a Zestimate for your house right now or any of those other, they're called automated valuation models. Any Mm -hmm. of those models that just give you a price Uh via an algorithm, they don't actually know. Do you have nice, big, mature trees in front of your house? Is there a park Mm -hmm. nearby? Are you next to a river? We now know that. Right. And we can okay. precisely score all those things for every property. We've scored hundreds of millions of properties in the US. And it turns out those things, well, it's not surprising, they influence real estate values. Yeah. So yeah. That's a whole nother application for our data to just create more accurate valuation models.
0: I love wow. it. We're going to have to talk after this and see <laughs> of our, huh? how gonna, B is doing. <laughs> put my 98 on everything. That was my house, you know, 98. I was like, well, yes. There's so many questions I could ask you all. I want to do, you know, to talk about like how you're going to market it and like, what are you doing? I was just like, so excited.
1: I can't like waking up every day. You must be so excited because there's so many ways you
0: can talk about this and work it into so many different ways, how we live, like everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what else? So it's Nature quant the company, just to clarify all the terminology. Mm-hmm. And then I can get a nature score based on my location. So that could be my mm-hmm. house or just where I am at that present time. And then I download the app, which I'm guessing is available. I download it on my Apple phones and Google, too, I'm sure. Yep. And I'm going to start tracking my nature dose. So it just came out, right? Like I just hit this year.
2: Oh, How's it going? A couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh my gosh. Do they give well, you numbers? Does Apple like had to? I don't know anything it's about been apps.
2: Very well received and getting really fascinating data. I mean, it is winter, right? But what has been most surprising is how little people are getting outside. Uh, most individuals are indoors 98, 99% mm-hmm. of their lives right now. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure that'll change in the summer, but those numbers are just staggering. I mean, yeah. just yeah. <laughs> shocking. So I think we have a lot of opportunity to improve that. So it's going well. I mean, the data we're getting is fascinating. And this is among people on our beta mostly because it just got released. in mm-hmm. the apps. We're also talking to a lot of other groups like the AARP and the CDC. We actually just talked to the White House last week about exactly. how do we develop campaigns around this concept, mm-hmm. and, You know, build community around yes. it, do challenges, right? Maybe mm-hmm. like this school versus that school, which group got more nature dose credits. Mm-hmm. Or how do we build prizes or leaderboards or just make it fun, gamify mm-hmm. a way to mm-hmm. get people engaged and make the concept of nature dose be like a household term. Just like yeah. people ask, did you get your 10,000 steps? They could ask, did you get your nature dose this week?
0: Right. So Jennifer, what's the latest? How many minutes or hours do we need to be outside per day or per week? Is there I think two hours a week,
1: 120, 120, 120 minutes, minutes with- I think, right? Well, you know, that was like, also we're talking about that, like pre COVID we were 93% of our time indoors, which is really staggering. And now, like you just said, Jared, like we're pretty much like 99%. So how do we then kind of reverse? We have to think about like, we've got to get outside more. And I remember like, it's just like getting like people to think it's like 15, 20 minutes a day. Like think about like, if you're going to go to yoga class, think about like walking to yoga or like instead of jumping in your car. I know like you just said it's winter, but I try and tell people that's a fear, fear weather, but embrace it and enjoy it. And I know that's not people are
2: whatever around that. We have evidence that actually adverse weather is helpful. If you think about something like exercise, right, you're stressing your body and your body adapts and gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Being in a cold environment or a hot environment is a lot like exercise. You're stressing your body, mm-hmm. it adapts, it gets stronger. Actually, just being in a diverse environment where you're breathing in all different kinds of fight and sides and mushroom mm-hmm. spores is a stress on your immune system. And guess what? We've studied this. It adapts and gets stronger. Your natural killer cells, which are these like white blood cells that yep. fight viruses, and fight cancer, those react when you're in these types of stressful environments, which include being around all these other different organisms and plants. And your immune system gets stronger. And so I would say, don't think about it being cold as a problem. Think about it as an opportunity, just like to go work out, but you're working out in a different way, right? You're exposed mm-hmm. to sunlight. You're exposed to all of these different mild stresses on your body that just make you healthier in the long run.
0: Yeah, that's great. And Jennifer and I have been talking about her book that just came out, was, which is Walk Your Calm. And I feel like this nature quant is like a such a, or either of the tools is such a great compliment to the book because it's like, you need something to track. Like I think yeah. in the back of the book, you have a you know you can track wellness tracker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, wellness <laughs> tracker. But which is wonderful because I think a lot of people are pen and paper type of people. But to have something just going on in the background tracking everything, kind of like again the aura. And I loved how you talk about sleep because that is really what I was trying to figure out. I was like, stop drinking for so many months or reduced it. You know, and so I've seen mm-hmm. so many different things that have benefited me. But I would love to have my nature dose. In in there Me so too. hopefully if aura is listening you're doing to do a partnership <laughs> integrate yeah we, i'm fascinated uh, about
2: that too yeah we are looking at aura and <laughs> i think they're looking at you know they just launched their yeah. new version yep. three but yep. i think now i
0: got sucked in and upgraded it would be a perfect,
2: <laughs> perfect partnership no doubt
0: oh it'd be amazing it would be amazing yeah. so what's next
2: a lot of our work with the government so far has been around this notion of environmental justice mm-hmm. As we've mapped everything, one thing that's become abundantly clear, which was already known, is not everyone has the same access to nature, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: right? There's plenty of communities with little to no parks, little to no tree canopy. Mm -hmm. And when you map it out at the level of detail that we have, it becomes starkingly clear that it's not equitably distributed. So that's one thing we're trying to correct with our data. We're providing Mm -hmm. tools for environmental justice scorecards to help nonprofits, help governments fix that inequity. Mm -hmm. So it's just something that we're passionate about. And if anyone's listening to this and wants help with our data to address some of those issues, we'd like to supply it.
0: No, I think that'd be amazing, especially the I don't know if it's called the 10 minute rule or the 10 minute, you know, the all the mayors. I know Atlanta has participated in this, but we should get somebody on to interview Jen. But the 10 minute basically where cities across the country have pledged to create green space that is no more than 10 minutes from every citizen. And it's a huge lift. Atlanta has a ton of trees and a ton of parks, but we're still deficit. But like compared to like where I grew up in Los Angeles, which is like, you know, if you ever fly in there, it's like a wasteland, poor thing. But that to me would be interesting. Mm-hmm. There's something a tie in there somehow we
2: track that actually. So or do you? OK. Be, so beyond the 10 minute walk campaign, the World Health Organization also has this a nature access metric, which mm-hmm. basically means you have to be within 300 meters of a park of uh, it's like. 40 hectares or something. Okay. So actually, if you go and you get your nature score for your address, we say whether you meet that WHO access or not. And well, that. that's really 300 meters is not quite exactly a 10 minute walk, mm-hmm. but it's pretty close. Yeah. And so that actually is something that we already monitor and we can deliver at scale, right? If the mayor says, I want to understand what percentage of my households don't meet that metric. Mm -hmm. easily surface that data.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Well, because we ask the wrong questions. When we go to choose a place to live, we ask where the nearest big box store is or Mm -hmm. Target or Home Depot, or we're just asking the wrong questions, right? I mean, I would think, where's the nearest trailhead? Do we have fresh air? Will I be able to sit under a tree safely? We just ask the wrong questions and it would be amazing. This tool becomes part of it. The anti-app becomes Mm -hmm. part of... Because you can't unknow. Unknow, yeah. Kind of like once you know your nature score, you're like, ooh.
1: Yeah, how do I reverse that or fix it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very excited, Jared. I'm so excited for your work. And I definitely have to download the nature dose because I am outside so much. So also, I can't wait to use it this the summer in the tent. So I'm really curious to see how well I sleep with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that will be, uh, that'll be very interesting to test my nature dose in my tent life in a few months, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. I know we're kind of running out of time. Is there anything else, Monica, you want to wrap up with?
0: No, I'm thrilled. I mean, I just think anything we can do to get people outside and understand the benefits of nature. And I think where you guys are really bringing together these like, I really liked how you talked about you're bringing this intelligence to these complex systems because nature is a really complex system. And there is so many data points that you guys include in it, in your tracking. It's not just the single thing. And I think that that's really important for people to understand that it's a very nuanced tool and we look forward to using it.
2: Awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on. It's great to meet you, Monica and Jennifer.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Talk soon.
2: Okay. Take care.
0: So, Jennifer, I absolutely loved that interview. I think both of us were really skeptical, maybe slightly skeptical going in, concerned that can you really start quantifying nature rather than just being in it? But I came out of the conversation really excited about this technology and feeling like the team in Nature Quant has been really thoughtful about how they use it, how it's applied, and making sure it's not just another logarithm that glues us to a screen. Absolutely.
1: If anything, I came away feeling like it's even doing the complete opposite from personal health perspective. So many of us already track our rings. We have our Apple watches are filling out a daily food calendar. We know that spending time outdoors has massive well-being benefits. So
0: why wouldn't we want one more piece of that puzzle? Exactly. Jared mentioned something called the Hawthorne effect, where behavior changes really start once we start keeping track of something. And then it expands outward from there to all societal applications. And that's when I really got excited.
1: Yes, things like prescribing nature, making Nature Dose a feature for therapists, run apps, and even using the technology to help nonprofits and governments address
0: the unequal access that people have to nature. It's all really, really exciting, actually. I know. I'm a believer and I've got my score right here. You can set up your nature dose. I do too. I, I do set, too. Okay, so I set mine for 120 minutes. What about you? And that's nice. S- yeah, per week. So I set mine for 200 as like a, okay. you know, a goal to reach. Yep.
1: Okay, what day um, is it of the week right now?
0: Today is Thursday, so I've got 2 days okay. left and I'm already at 118 minutes. Nice. I'm but at this- 150. OK, that's great. Now, the scary thing is, though, for the three weeks that I've been tracking, my indoor-outdoor is still really high, like 95, 96% of the time I'm spent indoors, even though uh, I'm hitting my goals. So I think I have to up my goal.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I need to you know, do
0: a trying. But now we can look at it and say, OK, but I, I need to like have more time. Only, I only look at it once or twice a day. So it's not something that adds another thing to me. It's just sort of something I'm in the back of my head keeping track. You're aware of. of. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love it. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, Jennifer. This was a great <laughs> interview. You. Yeah, it was. See you soon, Monica. Thanks so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast app. Give us a five-star rating and please leave us a review. It really goes such a long way towards helping us reach a wider audience and sharing these amazing interviews and solutions with the world. Absolutely. So thanks so much for following and reviewing the podcast. And we'll be back with another amazing interview in two weeks. You're now a part of the biophilic movement.